Power Business Technology Toshiba Studio. KHTK AM and HD1 Sacramento. KYMX HD2 Sacramento. This is Sports 1140 KHTK. Your station that brings you Oakland A's baseball. We begin the last hour of the show today before we get you to Thursday Night Football. Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. All right, Kings, more on this team and some trends that are going on a little bit lately here. So the Kings have won three in a row. That's a good sign. You like that when that's happening. So what's, what is it that's working? Why a three-game win streak? Again, it's their first one of the year. Three is not anything to uh, – completely brag about but as we said before beats the alternative you'd rather have a three-game win streak than the other way around and two good wins against the Clippers a a stellar performance offensively against the Orlando Magic last night but really disappointing defensively so when you start to look at what's happened here and and some of this anytime you can win without some key players that that's that's good and the Kings getting the previous two wins without Harrison Barnes he was welcomed back into the mix yesterday um, and then Rashawn Holmes, if you missed it, got hurt in the game, and it looks like he is reportedly going to miss the next couple of games with another uh, situation where he's getting poked in the face. He got cut and blood everywhere yesterday. He was wearing a patch, kind of a gauze uh, taped patch over his eye uh, area that you know is going to keep him out for a couple of games. So you're going to have to go to work for the next couple of games, at least on this road trip, in Charlotte and in Cleveland without Rashawn Holmes. Hopefully he'll give it a go against Toronto before the trip uh, concludes, but I, I think a couple of things we're seeing. Uh, we've seen Terrence Davis play dramatically better. I mean, I think that is something that has stood out to me that goes without saying. When, and I know there's probably a frustration level, not even probably. I feel it. I sense it from the fans in the arena, certainly from those on social media about Buddy Healed. And when Terrence Davis is making his shots you feel like you're getting more production from him than you even are from Buddy Heald. Now, Buddy can light up quickly. He can. He was very cold yesterday, about the only player that played last night for the Kings that couldn't make anything. But, you know, that's something that we have seen Terrence Davis play so much better uh, during this three-game win streak. I think his numbers, he's around 20 points per game, a little over 20. And shooting 58% and making his threes. Remember how bad he was early on at making threes. So that's one positive trend that we've seen as of late I think Tyrese Halliburton has been terrific in this stretch and it's the it's the stat sheet stuffer for Tyrese you don't always look at the overall point total because that's I think the first thing that people jump to though Tyrese did produce points rebounds steals blocks but 11 assists I mean he is making this team better and the other part where so many people were worried about was uh, De'Aaron Fox and De'Aaron Fox right now has also been in a pretty good groove and playing much better, including more last night. Here's Fox driving left, spins right, scores off the bounce, and Fox is doing it all too. 27 points for De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, so Fox goes over 30. You get Marvin Bagley to play well again and, and kind of back in the mix. Marvin was, for my thought, completely out of the rotation. So that certainly was uh, encouraging there to get that to see his production, to look at his confidence, 
Like, he just stepped into a couple of those threes last night knowing he was going to make them, and he did. And so this is nice to see Marvin in a bench role producing and getting some much-needed minute relief to front court players, and it shows the ability for the Kings to play a little bit bigger at times. I've been more of a proponent, proponent for playing smaller while they were trying to figure things out, when they couldn't find ways to win, when they were losing – the best area of this team to me still is their guards. I think that's what can you do better than most teams to me score. And if you look at numbers now that we're 25 games into the year, here's some things that lead to that. Now we'll have to figure out if it also hurts in some of the areas that they're lacking Uh, offense right now, point, just points per game, not rating, not pace, not any of that points per game amongst the league. The Kings are sixth, 111.1 points per game. That's pretty good. That makes you a, a better offense in the league. Now, what's interesting around that to me, um, they shoot okay. They're not a great three-point shooting team collectively as far as amongst the league, and they really want to take a lot of threes. What's interesting is the Kings are number two in free throw makes. So they're getting to the basket. They're getting fouled. They are making free throws. They're not the best percentage but makes per game, they're number two in the league, number six in scoring. But what I don't like is they're 24th in assists. So they're not getting it in as much of ball movement as you would think would equate to being the sixth best offense in the league. You would think, okay, they could maybe be behind that pace, but maybe 10th in assists. To be 24th, you're near the bottom. So that doesn't quite add up to me. But the good numbers are sixth in offense, second in free throw makes, even without the best percentages kind of across the board. But I think we could all look at this team and say, if you're picking what they do best, it's offense. Now, back to my point from a segment earlier, or two segments earlier, was sustainability. What's the best way for this team to get better long-term and to be a, if they were a playoff team, to actually be a threat in the playoffs is to get better defensively. And they had shown some improvement defensively, but they've also regressed drastically at times. So currently, right now, as we speak, second to last in defense. Second to last. So we had said this last year when the Kings were a top eight or seven offense. Can they be a top 20 defense? Not historically worse, not at 30. And right now they're back near the bottom. And part of that was a game like last night. Orlando's not good. Not good offensively. Their best game this year was 116. They put up 130. Now, they lost, but why are you giving up 130 to Orlando? Now, tomorrow, you're going to play a Charlotte team that is minus five players due to COVID situation and two very critical players to their success in Rozier and LaMelo Ball. They are the only team worse defensively right now than the Kings, giving up Actually, quite a bit more points. Two and a half more points per game. They're at 116. Kings give up 113.5. Here's the bottom of the league defensively. Portland, Houston, Orlando, the Lakers, the Kings, and the Charlotte Hornets. And if we go to the top, all these teams are playoff-type teams. Warriors, the best in the league. Cavs, Nuggets, Heat, Clippers, Jazz, Suns, Bulls. That's your top eight. So those are some of the trends that are going on, whether it's individually 
or team-wise. And I think getting Harrison Barnes back will help some of the defensive numbers. I don't think it'll hurt the offensive numbers. But the adjustment and the juggling of kind of playing big, playing small, playing of true four versus uh, moving Barnes there and playing three guards. It's I like the ability to play all of it and to sprinkle around. I still have felt offensively to fit the total strength of the team. They're better off playing the, the smaller lineup. But when you're seeing results now from Marvin Bagley and when they've gone to guys like Damian Jones or Chemezi Metu or some of the other bigs, certainly Len, Thompson, and Holmes, maybe you can play the bigger lineup too. Can you find the compromise of still getting enough offense, winning offense with more of a traditional look? I say traditional. I don't even know what's traditional anymore in the NBA, but just the kind of the common concept of a traditional five, four, uh, all the way down the line. Can you play that to improve your defense, improve your rebound, and the points of emphasis that Coach Walton and now Coach Gentry have, kind of a team collective coaching philosophy improvement, can you get that without compromising your offense? I think you can. They've shown they can, but can you do it over stretches? And then if you can do that, then maybe that's your starting lineup, and that's more of your core lineup, your closing lineup. But right now we're seeing the smaller group play more. We've also seen a little bit of a dive, I think, in Buddy's minutes. He's still going to shoot. We're seeing Terrence Davis more in the rotation. Uh, Chemezi Metu was in it. Now he's seemingly, I say, out. You know, I'm looking at last night because Barnes is back. Harkless has started to not playing, to start it again, to not playing. So it's a long season. They've got a lot of players that can play, and we're waiting to see what's the next move to from the front office with a roster of movable pieces. Are they coveted or not? And what can you get in return to really make a push um, at a stronger midpoint of the season to a second half because when we come back, we're going to go over these standings and how open and available it is right now for these Sacramento Kings, even with some of those strengths and some of the trends that they have individually and collectively and weaknesses. It's all right there for them, even with a bad way, good way, no matter what, the West is really really open, especially that middle part. So we'll get into that when we come back. And still at the bottom of the hour, Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com will join us. We're back with more right after this on Sports 1140 KHTK. Kings go for the season sweep of the Hornets Friday in Charlotte. Halliburton wants to answer back. He does. Tyrese Halliburton hits his fourth three-pointer in six attempts. Coverage begins at 2.30 on Sports 1140 KHTK. Hey there, Jason Ross here to tell you about West Coast Mortgage Group. These people are just absolutely amazing. They helped us out immensely, and they could do the same for you. Here's all you need to do. Call during business hours. You'll talk to someone that will help you out at 916-453-7533. Maybe you've heard me talk about them and wondered, well, I don't know. I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should refi. Um, We did. We weren't sure either, and I can tell you we had a long mortgage. We'd been very comfortable with our mortgage. We thought our rate was good. And as they told us, when we talked to Rob over there, he's like, yeah, it is, but wouldn't you want it to be better? I said, well, of course. He said, well, rates are at an all-time low. This is the time to strike. At that point, we did, and we refied, and we changed the terms of our loan, and we're saving a bunch of money. So it made too much sense for us, and it wasn't even something we were thinking of doing. But then it just made too much sense when it was all laid out. So maybe you're in that spot. Evaluate your mortgage. Is it the best rate you could possibly have? 
Call them and see what they can offer you. Also, maybe you can move into your forever home. Maybe you're thinking about investing in a vacation home or acquiring new property. We'll call them about a jumbo loan. That's an area where they can help if you're in that area or some of you are looking for your first home. Ask them about their buyer-ready pre-approval program as many home shoppers have given up because they've been continually outbid. Don't let that happen to you. Get that new home. Be proud of it. Don't give up. Give them a call so they can walk you through the buyer-ready pre-approval program. It's West Coast Mortgage Group. Again, they're here to help. That's what they want to do. Nearly 20 years of business in our area, and they want to help you out. they got an incredible reputation. They're hardworking folks, and I'm a big fan of theirs. I think you will be, too. It's West Coast Mortgage Group, 916-453-7533. Scott Graham here from Westwood One with a Thursday night football preview. From Minneapolis, week 14 kicks off with the Minnesota Vikings hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. For Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh, a down-to-the-wire win over the Ravens moves them above 500 and keeps them in the playoff hunt. Head coach Mike Tomlin after the win. Our continued commitment to running the football was significant. Uh, although we didn't have a lot of success early, I thought we were able to gain a little bit of rhythm and success in that area due to the commitment. On the defensive side of the ball, we worked to keep him boxed in, and we didn't allow him to play within the 53 and the thirds yard wide field. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings dropped their second straight last week, putting their playoff hopes in jeopardy with a 5-7 and seven record. Kevin Kugler and Tony Baselli will have all the action of the Steelers at the Vikings on Thursday Night Football. Remember to listen to Westwood One's coverage of the NFL all season long on Sports 1140 KHTK, your home for the NFL's best games and the Super Bowl. At Napa, we keep things moving. If it has wheels and an engine, we help keep it on the road. And if it's on the road, we have parts for it. And if you need a part, you can get it fast, like same-day pickup or next-day delivery fast. At Napa, when we're not thinking about cars, we're thinking about the people who drive them. Because when it comes to serving you in our community, our motor never quits. That's Napa know-how. Same-day pickup and next-day delivery available at participating stores and on in-stock items only. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, offering supplies and solutions for every industry with 24-7 support and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is for the men who never settle, the ones who miss the fairway all day and still pull out the big stick, the type of guys who will always prefer to be behind the grill than in front of the camera. And the men who never let their friends forget about a high school nickname. This is the Lodge Mentality. This is Twin Peaks. Who wants to settle for a single TV? With more TVs, bigger screens, plus our fabulous scenic views, there's more to watch at Twin Peaks. Now that I'm starting to get serious about the backyard, I've been talking with JVM Landscaping a lot, and they listen. My wife wants a water feature, so, well, we'll probably get a water feature. I'm thinking putting green. Why not enjoy my favorite second sport right in my own backyard? JVM has tons of great designs, plus they take the lead on working with HOAs. See for yourself. Get JVM Landscapes to deliver the perfect experience for you at JVM vmlandscapes.com This is Sports 1140 KHDK. Give me your, give me your, give me your attention, baby. 
Chris Landry joining us at the bottom of the hour. Jason Ross back here with you on Sports 1140 KHTK. A couple of updates for you from the NBA. Toronto's uh, general manager, Masai Jiri, has uh, tested positive for COVID. So he is in uh, the COVID protocol situation there. As you don't think a lot about that sometimes with the front office, that's obviously not going to impact the team or shouldn't, but it could. You never know. you got to isolate and do all the, the right precautions there. Also getting word on an update from Rashawn Holmes is coming out from the team. Uh, Rashawn Holmes underwent successful procedure at Kaiser Permanente to repair a right eye laceration. Ugh. Yeah, the injury was sustained during last night's game. He underwent concussion screening as well. He was cleared of any concussion event. He's expected to make a full recovery, but he will be listed as out for the two games at Charlotte and Cleveland. His return will be updated as appropriate. So Morgan was right yesterday. About? You didn't see the post game, but she was talking about the injured eyeball yes. of Rashawn Holmes. And? That was it. I mean, no one really knew it was a eyeball injury. We just knew it was around the eye. A right eye laceration. So the eyeball. So if I had a laceration here, would we say it's the eyeball? Like a laceration could be the eyebrow. Above the eye? I don't know. Laceration. I mean, the blood wasn't coming from his eye. No. We don't know. We don't know. Either way. And if you don't know. Now you know? No, you don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Where are the goggles? What? Why? Goggles. Shield? He doesn't want to wear goggles. They're going to look dumb. They're going to look stupid. He's a stylish guy. You just, you just can't you can't wear goggles. Oh, okay. So no goggles? I mean, he may have to. <laughs> now we're just doing a show for ourselves. Yes, we are. We are. Okay. Uh, tonight in the NBA, there's only three games. Uh, right now, they're underway. Philadelphia and Utah. Actually, both teams playing really well right now. Sixers have... Uh, Done better, kind of found their way again. They're back three games above 500. And then Utah is one of the better teams, I think, in the NBA. I told you I think they're the team that's going to the championship. Uh, even with what the Suns are doing and the Warriors are doing, Utah uh, has won five in a row, and that is ty- oh, no, 19-17, Philly with the lead. And that one, Lakers and Memphis come up a little bit later. That's in Memphis. They'll start in about 40 minutes. And then later tonight, the Spurs host Denver. So with what the Kings have done here, with that modest, and I do mean modest, three-game win streak, um, is redirected things a little bit in the Western Conference. And as I was saying earlier, I kind of want to do a little bit of a deeper dive in the Western Conference standings, and it is getting to a little bit of a separation from the top three. And I would think, now that we've seen, for the most part, these teams play 24, 25, 26 games, that we've got a pretty good idea, barring injury now, of, of what teams will look like. And I'm more than comfortable in saying that the Warriors the Suns, and the Jazz will be playoff teams. I don't think that's any – I mean, you picture any of those three getting out of the top ten? Sure about that. I'm sure about it. At 21-4, and 20-4, and 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 17-7. But after that, you can make a case for a lot of teams finishing fourth through about 13. Memphis right now, I thought for a short term, might go the other direction with the loss of John Morant. Now they had won every game until last night – but they're currently in fourth at three games above 500. they They're really doing some great things. I was reading you those teams, though, earlier that are bad defensively, and Memphis is down near the bottom in the bottom five. 
But to their credit, here they are in the fourth spot in the West. The Clippers have now won their last two after losing to the Kings. When they lost to the Kings, they were back to 500, but they're now 14 and 12. The Lakers are 13 and 12. That's the six. Remember, six is the key number. They don't have to worry about a play in. They're all in the playoffs. As of right now, that's the six. That is also the end of the list of teams above 500. That's it in the West. And if you think about it, there's been years where teams have won 50 games, high 40s, and not cracked the top eight. This year, what's that eight number? What's the 10 number going to be? Maybe it's below 500 by a good amount. Mavericks are 12 and 12. Nuggets are 12 and 12. Those are seven and eight tied. And then you've got Minnesota and Sacramento both at 11 and 14. And the difference there is Minnesota was 11 and 10. They've lost four in a row. The Kings were eight and 14. They've won three in a row. So they've been able to catch Minnesota. And then Portland now, who was 11 and 11, has dropped four games. They're 11 and 15. They are currently the 11th team, followed by the Spurs, the Rockets, the Thunder, all with eight wins, and then the Pelicans at 7 and 20. Can I give you the optimistic view? Of the Kings? Of the Kings? Sure. Kings are only three games behind the four spot. Isn't that incredible? They would be hosting a hosting playoff a series. Playoff. When you're like, are they even going to make it? Are they a bubble team? Oh, they're not good enough. They're going to miss again. And a crazy week. In fact, Chris, I think, yeah, I got to double check this. Isn't Memphis here twice around the holidays? I know they just played them. They were playing them three times. And let me double check this. Yeah, Memphis is here a week from Friday. And then Memphis is here the day after Christmas. So if you somehow have a good stretch over just those two games and continue to play well, that's the team that's currently in fourth. Can I give you the pessimistic view? Yeah, we got it. We got to be uh, get that balanced look. What do you got? Okay, so Kings are three games away from the fourth seed. Fourth seed, which would host a playoff series. Kings are two and a half games ahead of the second-to-worst team in the Western Conference. <laughs> right. So bad week, and there they are at 14. So – which way is it going to go? I, I mean, I don't know the answer to that. This has been a better week. For the most part, this team has been healthy, though. If you're looking at some of these other teams, like Zion's been out the entire time. Um, Jakob Pertl missed a bunch of time for the Spurs. Blazers right now have C.J. McCollum on the shelf. Lakers have missed time with with a couple different players. I mean, you go kind of the Nuggets. Porter Jr.'s out for the year. Jamal Murray's still not back. The Kings should have been taking advantage of things a little bit earlier than they have. But they're in the mix. I think the West is going to allow them to stay in the mix with two bad weeks, two great weeks. I mean, that's where you wish you had a cushion. Like even Memphis right now at 14 and 11 without jaw, you love the fact that they've got a three games above 500 cushion. So they could have the bad week. Probably won't. They move down. But, you know, let's say they lose their next three, which would be a four-game losing streak. They're 500. And you know jaw's coming back at some point. So it's that fragile, as Chris just pointed out. I mean, three out of fourth <laughs> and two and a half out of 14th. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. So this road trip comes up with Charlotte, who is above 500. But as we said earlier, Charlotte tomorrow is going to be missing a lot of players with the COVID situation, COVID protocols, uh, as they've been playing without um, four players to beat the Hawks a couple games ago. They had five missing yesterday and a couple of key players specifically 
when you're talking about Ish Smith, who helps with their backcourt off the bench. Certainly Terry Rozier as a starter. LaMelo Ball as a starter. Um, they've got, and Plumley is out, four guys, four to five guys that'll be missing tomorrow. That'll be critical for Charlotte. So we'll see if the Kings can take advantage of that. Coming up next, we're going to talk some more football, college football, NFL, his weekly trip, and check in with us. Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. He will join us when we return right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. We continue here on Sports 1140. Thursday Night Football coming up at the top of the hour as it's the Vikings and Steelers as both teams desperately need to win to start week 14. Well, let's check in with our guy, Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. Lots to catch up with with Chris. Chris, how are you? Good, Jason. How are you, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Lots of lots of things to discuss after we missed last week. I'm going to start here with the NFL. Let's actually just start with tonight's game. I don't know if either team's a, a postseason team, but tonight feels really critical for both the Steelers and the Vikings. Yeah, it is, and I'm curious to see. Um, you know, Pittsburgh's run defense will show up. I think you know uh, that's going to be the key here. Um, lots of talk about Big Ben and his health. You just don't know what you're going to get out of Pittsburgh. Same thing with Minnesota. I think Cousins has played better. But neither team will look like a team that's a playoff-caliber team. But the loser here is in really – well, they're in worse shape than they are now, which which says it all. Yeah, you talk about run defense being a factor tonight. I, I was so enamored with Monday night's game with New England, who was playing great going in, and basically said, you have trouble stopping the run. We're going to run – can you stop us? And they didn't deviate from the plan. They didn't really, I mean, they threw what three times. It was like, we're going to run. Can you stop us? That was just kind of awesome chess match to watch in the Patriots. They proved that the bills couldn't stop them. Yeah. Well, and, and of course the weather that was weather induced with, sure. the, with the wind gusting to 50 and it was up there, you know, from, you know, 25, 30 miles an hour consistent. It just was very going to be very difficult to throw. And, you know what I always preach is, you know, you know sometimes the weather because of the weather cycle now it's a little bit different. You know, meaning it's it's usually the weather we had. You know, um, uh, uh, it's got kind of a month puts back compared to what it used to be like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So you don't get as many of those days. But in Buffalo, occasionally in Cleveland and maybe in New England, you get some of those days where you have one of these Arctic circles that come in late in the year that just make it very unbearable. You better be prepared for it. So can you imagine if that was a playoff game? You, you, if you rely on your passing game, you, you're, you better have the ability to run it. Because if you don't, you're going to go out with an L. Because you just sometimes you have to do that. You have to play defense. You have to be able to run the football, even if it's not your preferred moment. And uh, this was the plan. It was the plan due to weather and certainly something that was going to work. And it wasn't enough to separate either team a great deal, but just enough that New England was able to functionally play it. That's, you know, why Belichick, we saw this this past week, is you see Belichick and you see Saban in college with mm-hmm. maybe – the teams that that were good teams, but they just outcoach people consistently. Uh, sometimes when they don't have the better team, that was an example of it there with Bill having a just a great game plan, sticking to it. And again, wasn't pretty, but they were just a little bit better at executing that than the Bills were. Yeah, and all along, I really thought the Bills would have nothing to worry about here with this division, Chris. But not only did New England catch them, they passed them. Now they've got a nice lead. 
and they're hot. You got Miami right on the Bills' heels. I thought Buffalo would have no uh, postseason issues, but they they got to worry about getting in. They do, and you know the defense has let them down at moments, but it's their inability to run the football. Now you're again, you're talking Buffalo, where that game was played. Right. I mean, it's you know you you don't have a consistent running game. That's why the Bills, even if they get in, are only going to go so far. I mean, getting hot is one thing, but sustaining it through a deeper playoff pool now is going to be difficult. And New England's just a more consistent team. Uh, They're not great. There's not a great team in the AFC. Kansas City's probably the best when they're at their best. But, you know, Buffalo's just showing some warts on their team and quite frankly has been there all year long. New England's just very, very sound at the line of scrimmage. All levels of their defense, they're very good, very well prepared. They find a way to run the football. And um, obviously, quarterback plays smart. Quarterback play doesn't kill them. And that's why they're, they're ch- when people ask me, well, who do you like in the AFC? Well, I'm not crazy about anybody. But in the absence of a really good team, Kansas City's going to be in play. And New England's going to be in play. And we're just going to have to see if somebody gets really hot or how the injuries take place because last year at this time, Kansas City was the best team. And they were even all the way into the the Super Bowl. But then the injuries on the offensive line, I thought, killed their chances there. So that's what I'm looking for. And I don't see anybody outside of those two teams that that I trust more. And, um, you know, it is surprising to virtually be looking at Buffalo as virtually out at this point in the East. I didn't think we'd be saying that at this stage. As we're talking with Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com, one thing about the Chiefs, I agree with you, they've they've kind of become that hot team again. And the Raiders get them this week in Arrowhead, but it's a five-game win streak, Chris, and looking at it's their defense. They gave up 17 to the Giants, 7 to the Packers, 14 to the Raiders, 9 to the Cowboys, and 9 to the Broncos. They've really turned this around on the defensive end. Yeah, because they're playing better ball control. See, one of the, the, you know, the offense and the defense work together in any football team. And, you know, when they are forcing the football and they're throwing incompletions, well, what's happening? Well, the defense is coming back on the field for more snaps. So if you're going to play 15 more snaps a game, there's one thing I can guarantee you, Jason, your defense is going to give up more points. You just, just kind of just pure math. Now, if you can't sustain drives, not only is your defense on the field more, but you have less A, rest time, and B, adjustment time. So the whole key to being good defensively is how you play on offense. Score points, but if you can sustain drives, um, you, you can keep the ball. And, you know, that helps your defense to be more effective throughout four quarters of the game and if you get a lead, then your defense really only has to play one aspect of the opponent's offense. Because if you get a lead in Kansas City, when they've done it, even if it's not a big one, they get enough of a league, substantial enough, to where it makes the opposing team's offense be one-dimensional, then that defense can tee off on it. That and the fact that they're just uh, a, a different-looking football team when uh, when you have Chris Jones on the field mm-hmm. and when they're healthy they've got some war daddies up front yeah. a couple of them in particular Jones when he's not in there they're not the same Chris you think the Colts are catching the Titans I think they're one and a half back have a bye week you think they can catch them 
Yeah, I do. Uh, they they really can, and that's one of that's a team that I'm not going to sell them to anybody, but that's a team to watch in in an effort to look when people say, well, who could be a sleeper in the AFC if it's not New England in Kansas City? The first team that comes to mind is the Colts because I think they can catch the Titans. Uh, they have been inconsistent, but um, – and again, how far? Not going to necessarily buy that, but I, but I do think they have a chance. Yes. Kind of bridging an AFC into the NFC this week. It's the 49ers and Bengals. Bengals have had a nice season. Uh, they're a couple games above 500. They're trying to get in. The Niners, I thought, found their groove and then just couldn't function in the second half. That was just that was a chance to really knock Seattle completely out if they're not already out. But what do you think about that matchup this week with the Niners and the Bengals? Well, it's really interesting because I do think the Bengals have played well, but they are inconsistent. And, you know, Burrow, is, when he has time, can be very, very effective. I think the defense has got some limitations to it. And uh, I do think that, you know, San Francisco can run the football and have some success. That's going to be the key. Uh, the Niners is certainly the, the uh, another example of inconsistency that we're seeing throughout the league. And, you know, um, overall, Cincinnati's done a little bit more, but I think this is a toss-up game. Um, and, and the Niners are certainly looking for a better ways to finish. And, you know, a little bit surprising. And they can get the running game going with a little more consistency. Then who knows? You know, may, maybe they can, um, y- you know, hang around, get in. Who knows? It's weird that a coach, I, I guess Coach McCarthy today for the Cowboys, had said, oh, yeah, we're going to win this week against Washington. That's a rival. That's a, that's a historically good rivalry. Um, he should be confident in his team, and I don't know that it's going to be any extra bulletin board material. Of course, Washington wants to win. But uh, what do you think about that matchup with the Washington football team hosting the Cowboys? Washington's playing better. The defense is playing well. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're not um... – they're not awful on offense. I mean, they're, they're inconsistent. They've got some limitations there, but Dallas is the more talented team here. They should win it. And you know, it's, that's another example of a team that you can't really trust. There's not really consistency there. Um, But so that's what I'm looking for is, okay, you know, Dallas, you want to be a player. If you're looking at the NFC, you're looking at, well, certainly people will look at Tampa and Brady and we'll look at maybe an improved green Bay and, Aaron Rodgers, and they will look at the Cardinals, who've been really good, and maybe people, some people are not buying into them, but they've been really, really good. And that's kind of where it is. And if Dallas wants to get in the mix, they've got to take care of business the rest of the way and, and kind of, um, you know, get, you know, their lock up the division is, is one part of it, but, you know, get a little bit higher uh, in the seating. Um, that's, you know, to me, going to be pivotal because right now they look like they're just slightly below. They're dangerous in a one-game scenario, but they're too inconsistent to trust going deep. What do you think about that matchup then Monday? You brought up the Cardinals, 10-2, and two, Rams, 8-4. and four. Um, Rams have all that high-level talent. They just haven't put that together in one complete game just yet, but what do you think about the matchup on Monday? Yeah, I the Cardinals are just better. And, you know, in, in a one-game scenario, absolutely the Rams are capable. But, you know, you know football is a different game. And trying to kind of put these pieces together, to me, I don't buy a lot of what they're doing. I don't see much of the chemistry there. And 
I think they're trying to catch lightning in a bottle late. Uh, maybe it'll happen. Maybe they'll get it done this week. But the Cardinals, in healthy, you know, at the quarterback position, they're just better, and they'll line up and beat the, the Rams more often than not. I just think the Rams are a little bit uh, – a little overrated because of kind of the star, the wow factor. There's not as much substance there that, that I see, at least at this point. Maybe maybe they're going to begin a stretch to become a more subs- uh, substantive team that potentially could challenge the aforementioned teams that, that, I, that I wouldn't even right now. If you're talking about NFC representatives – I wouldn't even put the Rams in the conversation wow. until till I, till I further. Well, I've seen nothing to, you know, other than hype that would show me that they would be a contender. So I'm curious to see if they're able to start showing that. And maybe in two or three weeks, I'll change that. But they've just not been consistent enough with the with the uh, in my view. And they obviously did this to win a Super Bowl. They're not just doing this to be to be a playoff team. They've risked so much of their future. Um, if it doesn't go well, let's just assume a playoff and a short run there. Do they just keep running this back and, and try to even mortgage more picks to keep adding talent? I mean, they've kind of started this path. I don't know how they get out of it without stripping it all down. Well, I'm not a big believer in what they're doing. I think what it's really about, it's, it's a lack of confidence in your ability to evaluate personnel and build a team. I think they are trying to do it. You know, it's not baseball where you can plug in a third baseman in the fifth hole and, and it can work. Um, it's football and it's about chemistry. And, it, and it's, uh, to me, uh, I don't like the team as much as maybe people might think it looks on paper. Um, you know, I, I just think that, you know, Stafford certainly has some years left. What, what I would have done in making a move is, you know, go forward with trying to build a, a more consistent, younger, better team because, you know, I think a lot of the, the trying to fit these pieces here or there, uh, I think it's they're going to probably fall short here. We'll see, but I think they'll fall short. And, and you're right, it, it kind of puts them behind the eight ball because it limits their ability to get better. And I think you'll see better run teams uh, with better GMs, better front offices, better scouting departments, bypass them. That's what I think. <clears throat> We're talking with Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. Let's transition to college. Uh, since we last talked, we now have the four. It's set, and Alabama kind of did a redirect there with that impressive win to Georgia. They get the one. Cincinnati's in at four. And then the two, three, as Michigan and Georgia. I-, I think they got it right. You can argue the rankings, but uh, actually – I'm pretty good with the one through four. What were your uh, reaction to to the way it laid out? Yeah, that's the that's the right way to have it. I mean, Alabama uh, had the most impressive win of anybody all year long, beating Georgia. They deserve to be one over Michigan. Michigan deserved to be as a conference champion ahead of Georgia. Um, even though I think you know we'll see uh, in a few weeks that Georgia may be better, mm-hmm. but Michigan deserves to be there too. In Cincinnati. Yes, unbeaten, but the weaker of the schedules deserve to be in. Yes, uh, did not deserve to be any higher than four. So uh, it's the way it should be. Um, it, 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 I, don't, I don't really, to me, I don't even think there's even much for discussion in terms of at least how I see them of the four. And we're getting Georgia Bama again, don't you think? Uh, probably, uh, you know, I wouldn't rule out Michigan, I think is good. I think Georgia will probably win the game, but, 
Um, and I do like Alabama against Cincinnati. But, uh, you know, that would be at this stage how I would view it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think there's a really good chance of that. I think probably uh, maybe the nation would prefer to see Alabama-Michigan. But, you know, uh, it, it, of course, that doesn't matter. It's, it's <laughs> who ends up. To me, it's a, it's a but. Look, the Cincinnati's, you know, talented. They've got really good corners, underrated in their defensive front, could give Alabama some trouble. So that's not going to be easy, maybe as easy as people think. But I think Alabama will win. And I, yeah, I will say this, that, that if Georgia doesn't come with a better game plan, um, and, and, you know, I think that Michigan's offense is limited and are going to have a hard time against Georgia. They don't have the passing game and the weapons and the quarterback play of Alabama to exploit it. So it's why I do like Georgia to win it. But, you know, Georgia's offense better do a better job of trying to attack the edge rushers of this Michigan defense. Chris, uh, when we we talked earlier in the year about the USC job, once it was going to become available, it's available. And then Lincoln Riley, that kind of came out of nowhere, at least to me. Um, But it's huge shockwaves through college football. What is the impact of of that move for the Trojans? Well, I think it's huge. Um, You know, Lincoln is um, a guy that is a very good offensive play caller. And and a lot of what he's done as a head coach, it's been how he recruits and his staff recruits, how he, he structures practice, it's all slanted towards the offense. And, you know, I, I don't think he's ideally suited, for example, to be a head coach in the SEC mm-hmm. trying to just outscore people. But he has been very successful in the Big 12 because of his offense. And I think he sees it that he can go right to the Pac-12 with his ability to recruit, and I think he's going to own that league very quickly. I think they're going to they're going to rise to the top, be exciting and fun, which is going to be kind of what the folks in L.A. like and want. Now we'll see, you know, even with their ability to recruit, how much talent defensively, what he can do on that side of the ball. You know, if, because I think they can get to the point where they can be like he had Oklahoma, somebody that wins the conference, maybe be kind of 11-1, and 12-0, and be a contender and get into the playoffs of which we're speaking to now, but are they going to be able to with, you know, hold up against the elite teams that are a little bit more well-rounded? We'll see. That's a long way for that. You get USC into the national playoff conversation in 11 and one, 12 and Oh, the Trojan fans are going to be doing cartwheels uh, all over the place, all over the Coliseum uh, stadium. So I think it's going to be great. He was recruiting great in Southern California at Oklahoma. Mm. He's already killing it right now. Um, this is this is what the league needs because it's going to make USC great again, in my view. Yeah, what I had wondered about it, I mean, it makes total sense. It's a great hire. Uh, when SC was elite, not the most recent time with Bush and Leinert and that crew and Pete Carroll, uh, Pro football still wasn't in L.A. And I just I wonder now if SC became great again, would they capture – they're going to get the recruits, like you mentioned, but are they going to capture Los Angeles' attention um, like the Rams and maybe Chargers have? It may not. I don't know. Um, but one thing I do know, you better win or they sure as heck can go on. Yeah, I mean, sure. it is – man, does it – and I realize they're not real you know, good, but you're looking down the stretch – I mean, it was friends and family only. There. Yep. I mean, it was, you couldn't, 
I mean, some of those things wasn't more than ten thousand. You put like ten or twelve thousand in the Coliseum. I mean, you don't even you don't even. I mean, it's 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 like COVID. No one's there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just it. Um, I think you're right that you know it is an issue. It is a problem. If you don't win, you're going to have a big issue. Now, they've got USC has got a very very strong fan base, but you kind of alluding to it. It's it's. If you, in the deep South, everybody's a fan of Alabama. I mean, you know, all the, in Alabama, everybody's a fan of Alabama or Auburn, and they're all go. Whereas, if you go through LA, you got to sort through a whole lot of people to get to the ones that are rabid USC fans. Mm-hmm. They're there, but you know, uh, I, I do think that it is more of look, we're gonna go, we're gonna go north and ski, or we're gonna go south, <laughs> go to the beach, and not go to the the SC game. Yeah. Uh, if they're not winning, so but I think they will. And uh, I, I look, you're not going to ever have quite the passion. It, it does not appear, you know. But you know what? I, I can tell you that I, I go back to the old days when the Rams were, you know, uh, originally in LA. And I mean, I, I've been in some great USC UCLA games, USC Notre Dame games, where the Coliseum was rocking. Yep. And, and the Rams were there. I mean, you, you know, you didn't have the Rams and the Chargers, but you could do it, but you better win. You better win big. Yeah, for sure. How about Oregon? One last thought on them. Uh, Chip Kelly rumor there, Justin Wilcox, a whole bunch of Coach Mullins. What do you think the Ducks do? Well, you know, it's interesting that uh, when you get permission to speak to Chip, that's maybe a little bit further down the road. Um, kind of says Uncle Phil is maybe wanting mm. to – bring back the band again we'll see how that plays out um i think dave aranda would be great i don't know that they can get him out of baylor um but you know listen they've got a lot of money they've got a really good program look they've got right now the best program in the pac-12 so um you know i think you know rob mullins is is taking his time i think you got to i know signing days a, a week from yesterday but you you got to make sure that you get this right, and and it's it's late to have to deal with this, I know, but I think they're moving along, and it wouldn't surprise me if by the weekend or Monday or Tuesday, the next time we talk, I think they'll have their coach. Mm. All right, well that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Again, it's LandryFootball.com, Chris. What would everybody uh, get, especially around the holidays here? A great gift to uh, give if they uh, want to look at LandryFootball.com. Absolutely, take advantage of the football season sale. Great holiday gift. Um, it's great, uh, 60% off, great opportunity to give yourself a gift, someone in your loved one. Look, it's less than $10 a month. It's cheaper than that on the year membership. You get all the breakdowns, all the breakdowns of all the games. So right now, all the bowl games that are coming up, we're going to be breaking those down. All the NFL games, all the coaching search news and notes, all the NFL draft, the draft boards, recruiting early signing days next week. One-stop shopping football. You want to see the game from a coaching and scouting viewpoint. Get all the inside information. Get what the NFL teams and college programs get. Uh, You're going to love it. And, again, it's cheaper than a magazine subscription, and it's like having your own coaching and scouting department. So check it out today, LandryFootball.com. Check out our podcast, the Landry Football Podcast, all sorts of great stuff. We think you're going to absolutely love it landryfootball.com he's chris landry chris thank you so much we'll talk to you next week thank you so much jason take care bud all right appreciate it landryfootball.com amazing stuff perfect gift as he said uh, here at the holidays all right in our final moments here um the kings are going to be in action tomorrow they will be taking on 
uh, Charlotte. But, Chris, Saturday's game could be really, really important. That's because of the Bulls winning your champions. Right. Well, they took on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, that was last night. So what do you got for us? Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this contest and new. Come on, Tom, say it with me, you pancake-eating mother. Oh, Cleveland won. Yeah, you got it. You oh, got the reference. Yes. Draft day, greatest cinema treasure we have out there. Mm. Okay, maybe not. But um, good, good poll on draft day. You hated that movie, didn't you? I well, I mean, like I've always said, because it's so bad you liked it, and but it's it might be so bad that I don't even care for it. <laughs> but there are little things that yeah. I like to take from it. All right, so Cleveland has that. Okay, great. But um, the Kings don't play Cleveland until Saturday. Doesn't Cleveland play another game? They play the two-time linear champions, Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, so I know you kind of um, created a potential hype video for what Saturday could mean. Hype pulling, audio. Pulling people behind the curtain. Yes. I When I come up with this stuff, it's not just like, oh, I think of it and then it's done. Yeah. We have to. There's work behind it. There's work behind it. Yeah. Need a couple of days. Yeah. Saturday makes it a little bit difficult. Right. But I was able to make a hype audio clip. So we don't even need the Kings to win tomorrow, though we want them to. We just need Cleveland to win tomorrow. Yeah, so everyone, your rooting priority is Kings second, <laughs> Cleveland Cavs first. At least tomorrow. And tomorrow. then Saturday, we know what could be on the line. Yes. Is this. Dotson heads to the forecourt. He will dribble out the clock. And that will do it. Number 14 in the W column for the Cavaliers as the Cavs knock off Chicago 115 to 92 with the win. With that win, the Cleveland Cavaliers won the 2021-22 NBA Linear Championship. It started with the Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions. Then the Heat. The ball is inbound. And this one belongs to the Heat. Back to the Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions. And then it it doesn't matter. Just know that the Cavs have it now, okay? All right. Where was I? Oh, yeah. And with the Cavs win over the Timberwolves, the Sacramento Kings face Cleveland for NBA immortality. It's the Cavs. Bob in the lane to Allen. Allen under the basket. Stop! Get home with the right hand. The Kings. Final dramatic eight seconds of this game transpiring. Score 128-98. Three-point shot for the Kings. He's got the bucket. 4.7 seconds to go. And it's next. Are you pumped up just for the possibility? Totally pumped up for the possibility. Kings haven't been near it, haven't had a chance. It's right there in front of them, Chris, if just the Cavs can beat the Timberwolves tomorrow night. Need them to beat the Timberwolves. Then the Kings will be playing for it Saturday. Then hopefully when we're back on Monday, we're talking about them trying to defend it against the Raptors. They could even be back home. Because every time I think they've ever won it in the times we've done this, haven't they had it for one night? I don't think they've ever defended it. They just lose. They just lost it. Yeah. So much is on the line. I'm too fired up. Just got a break. Just got to go. We've got Thursday night football coming your way next. Again, our thanks to Lincoln Kennedy and Chris Landry. Uh, Thursday night football Steelers and Vikings next right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. See you.